Hello, everybody. It's Tuesday, and it means that we have our new episode about metaverse and gaming in a Modern World podcast. And here are our hosts, Anna and Brian. And today we have Patty Toledo, who is head of creative community in PlaySense. Hi, Patty. Hi, Anna. How are you, Brian? Good, good. good. How are you? Thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. So it's going to be a fun one. Can you please tell us a little bit more about your background and some small introduction to yourself? Yeah, of course. So, as I said, my name is Patty Toledo. I have been working in creative media for over 30 years now. I started in, in music and went to films and theater and then ended up in games. So I pretty much have been... If it is creative media, I have my finger on something at some point in my life. But I have been working in games for a bit over 10 years and work from everything from game development and publishing with UGC platforms, with the metaverse, of course. That's why that's why we're here. And, and at the moment, I'm the head of creative community at PlaySense, working in all creative sites. So that's me in a nutshell. Wow, that's quite quite a, a background. Like how? So we're curious. Like, how did you get into the creative industry? What inspired you to you know look at film, theater, and then eventually gaming? What made me get in the creative industry was music. So music was my first passion. I I started working in music by accident when I was 17, just because I, I could speak really good English in a country where most people didn't speak English at all and, and ended up working as a translator and assistant in production companies and working with different musicians from all, all over the world and ended up going for for films and theaters and games it's always an accident which i find funny it never was something that i went like oh now i want to work in films let me try to get a career out of this it was always well we have this project we need someone do you want to help and i went yeah sure like i i'm a good person to say yes to challenges and 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 try to go do new things so it it always was like that which i i know it's anticlimactic because most people expect this really deep story about how you got things nah like accidents very happy accidents that brought me into things but what i like about that a lot is that it gave me a really wide view of transmedia it really gave me an understanding of how creative media works and kind of demystified things for me because for a lot of people when you say oh you worked in music or you worked in films it's like ooh almost like black magic how that's, that happens nah is the same process in every creative media. It 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 really simple. It's really simple when you see the core of it. Like in the end, it's all what that is is creativity. It's it's all we're like crazy artists trying to create something new. And I think that the the metaverse is is a lot about that as well. Is crazy creative people trying to to break boundaries and and that's the base of all creative media 
I think I had some experience of being like on film sets as well. And the first thing that came into my mind, my God, it looks so turbulent. But at the same time, they managed to get something. There's core, you're right. There is some core in the whole creative process that is the same. And that's which keeps it, I'll say, like making some magic at the end of the process. They, they are producing something really cool. Yeah, it's a bit of organized chaos. I think every creative process is 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 a process of organized chaos. There is a certain order to it, but if you're looking from outside without actually creating anything, you can't see it. It it sounds I think that's the the biggest difference between music, films, theater and 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 games. Games you can see the order from the get-go because it's people are doing their different things and and they have their own space during that, doing that uh, in in music films and theater it's more like everybody's doing their own thing but they are so close together that it's harder for you to pinpoint who is doing what and how things are, are going i think that's the biggest difference but yeah it's a it's a very neat organized chaos in every process. Could you give any examples on like the projects you're working, currently working right now? Oh, the only problem, like because of Playsense works with different publishers and, and developers from all over the world, the biggest problem we have is that while we are working on the, pro on the processes, it's all under NDA and we can't say anything because it's it's other people's secrets. It's not necessarily our secrets, it's our other people's secrets. But uh, I can tell what I I worked in the past. So so throughout my career, like in games, I I'm thinking which would be the most interesting processes. So when when we met first time i was working in in a ugc platform which i think is is like i wouldn't say it's not the core but it's part of like one of the valves of the heart of the metaverse is the ugc and and the fact that players can can create their own spaces and 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 that's something like that I'm bringing that project because it was the first time where I actually felt I was deep into working in the metaverse. It was with UGC. And by UGC, you mean user-generated content? Is that right? Yeah. Yes, user-generated content, yes. And, and I find it really interesting because user-generated content has been in in games and in music and, and throughout like for years like it's not something new it's not something that happened now if you think for example about music people have been creating their own versions of of famous tunes and variations and and mash up forever the same with games you have had people creating mods and and their own levels since since the beginning of of game development people have been doing that but in the last years these became something that it goes way beyond what used to be it's not anymore just modding a game that was already out now it is creating 
creating something new from from what you had before or or even creating something new from nothing even though you never studied game development or you don't know programming all you know is you're a player you know what you would like to play and then you go and create something because you think a game should be like that and and that's mind blowing for me because when i started working in games it was although like i said it was an accident but it was something like how can i create a game if i don't know programming how can i create a game if i don't know game design you need to have an artist you have to put together this team of specialists and it's super complicated and it takes months and and you have to iterate and test and do all these things like it was it took me a few years to really realize, oh, okay, it's these are the processes, it works, that's fine. Nowadays, it's no, so people can go to a UGC platform and create a game in 15 minutes and immediately be playing that with their friends. And isn't it mind-blowing, like how, how fast and, and easy it became in in a few years, it wasn't something like, oh my God, it took a generation to do that. No, all, all these changes happen in my lifetime and, and I'm not that old. Like I am old, but I'm not that old that, that you go, oh, this is, this is so different. And so I'm really curious about what is gonna come next. Like what is gonna happen next? And and I'm really looking forward for this UGC concept to go beyond games and start getting into, for example, films, because that's one area of creative media that wasn't affected as much. Like people can do, you can get cell phone and make a film. That's not the, the, the problem out of it, but you still have the same process, creative process to create a film that you have. If you, It doesn't matter if you're doing that with your cell phone or if you're doing that with an expensive camera. The process is still the same. Imagine if, I don't know, in, in a few years, we can do that as the same way that we're doing games in UGC, like a collaborative things that where people can film it in the cloud at the same time. And I don't know. Imagine how interesting it can be if we can create things and immediately put them on, on Netflix and immediately everybody can see it, right? That that would be, I'm rambling now. <laughs> no, no, I think this is the place for rambling, to be honest. <laughs> You're good. But yeah. Oh, I'm home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm actually curious, like after, you know, having said that, what do you think was... Um, you know, what, what is the attraction behind user-generated content? And why do you think, um, you know, the technology exploded so quickly and we started creating so many tools, like within gaming? I think it's the maturity of the players. If you think uh, in in the 80s, in the 90s, games were still quite young and people were still figuring out what to do, like mobile games were not what they are today. You couldn't have high definition uh, in mobile the same way. And uh, computers were were still limited as well. So if you see, I love doing that. If you actually see the 
high-end, super expensive games that were out in the 80s and 90s. And you see, look, that, that was the highest quality ever. We paid a lot of money for those games. And you see nowadays, it looks like a five-year-old kid did that. Like, the graphics are horrible. But at that time, that was what we could do and what we were allowed to play. And for a lot of players, they were expectators throughout. They knew they would play the game. They had no idea how it worked behind. Like you have very limited amount of people that really understood how the computers worked, what was behind it, how the games were created. It wasn't this open club that anyone could be. It, it was a lot more limited. And bear in mind that it probably was a lot more open in the US and Japan and in some places in Europe. But if you were like me in South America, then it was like another world. We, we, we really had no idea how games were made. Like we didn't have any game companies in South America at that time. It was, you, need, you needed to move countries to do that. Nowadays, the gamers have been playing games through all their lives. They grew up with games. This is what they did since they were born. It, they understand computers better than, than anyone else. They make fun of their parents because their parents don't understand the same way that they do. So there is no mystery behind games. There is no no like, oh, we don't, like from the normal young people, they, they know how that works. So it's a natural evolution for them to start trying to create things themselves and, and to to really have a voice on, on how they think games are supposed to be. So when we played games in, in the 80s, it was something, it didn't matter if you liked what was happening or not. That was the game that you had. You played it and that was it. It's natural that nowadays people play games and they had played games all their lives. They play a game. They have an opinion. They they know how they think the game are supposed to be. They have social media where they can comment on that and like get strength in numbers that their ideas are good and that people really would enjoy what they're doing. So it, it's a natural evolution that then they go to create their own thing. And I think the UGC platforms come from people that lived with games all their lives. So they go and they create a platform so other people can create things. People, we have been breaking things since since we are allowed to break things, right? Like the mods were the same thing. It was players breaking the game so they could create the, the levels that they wanted. So it's a natural evolution. That's a very long answer to say, yeah, maturity and, and natural evolution. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I really appreciate that. It's good to hear like your thoughts around it as well. So, well, trying to get back a little bit on track again, you know, this podcast episode is about the metaverse and and, you know, you coming from the creative sector and having all these experiences. I'm really curious to hear what your definition of the metaverse, which is a tough one. I know everyone has different answers. Oh, yeah, it's a tough one. And I had this discussion with people a lot of times. Because for, I met a lot of people that come and say, oh, the metaverse is VR or it is 
blockchain or it like because it has been a term that because it became a very popular term people use it very freely on on different ways whatever fits better their agenda and what they want to do as a product and there is nothing wrong about that but it it just makes the whole metaverse itself kind of murky it can be anything but I I really like one definition that that a friend mentioned was I think the metaverse is the next level of interactivity. So I think one thing that always attracted people in games is the fact that it's interactive and you can play online, you can play with your friends. That's the whole thing. I think it's a natural thing that this interactivity would be carried out to the internet itself and allow not only for you to play games, but to visit worlds and walk around and socialize and shop and and do everything that you do in real life in a digital environment. So my definition of metaverse is an interactive internet. It's the next level of the internet. I think that we're not going to be spectators anymore, just looking at the website and clicking on things. We're actually going to be able to walk around places and, and, and really visit and really experience things. I don't agree that it's all VR. I think VR and AR will be a part of it. And for people that really enjoy it, they will have the headsets. They will use their phones for things like they are going to be tools of the metaverse. But I think the metaverse to be what it is supposed to be, it has to be open for everybody, really democratic, and any browser you're you should be able to 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 go in it and walk around and experience it and and really take the fruits of it and how deep the level you're gonna go in the metaverse depends on on what you want to do in it. So it will be very similar to what our online multiplayer games is. If you want to just go and do what you have to do and go, like if you want to go to a shop, walk to the department, you want to go buy your stuff and, and leave, you do that. If you want to spend hours in the day talking to your friends, visiting places, listening to music, going out, it will be a way for you to do that without having to leave your your house and allowing people to visit places all over the world, to meet people from all over the world in a democratic way. And and by this definition you you can already pinpoint that we're gonna have a ton of trouble with it that there are a lot of red flags that are going to come with it, but they are not very different from the red flags that you have in the internet nowadays that, that you have with social media. So it's, it's just another layer of interactivity for things that are already natural for us nowadays. And, and, and it's going to get deeper and deeper. That, that's my, my belief. And, if we're going to do that, it depends on who is developing things like like you guys that are developing metaverse as well. I think everybody will create their own versions of, of that because that's what makes it interesting, right? I would like to ask you one more question. Do you have any other hopes and predictions for the metaverse in gaming? Um, I, I think is that 
it's a lot the metaverse and gaming i think it's gonna be a lot about ownership but not in the way that people are using nowadays i don't i don't think it's necessarily about nfts or blockchain or is that i think it's a creative ownership is the fact that in the world like in in the world we live in we of course it's our life we build our life as as we want but we do have limitations like you can work really hard to have job that you want the house that you want but you have restraints that sometimes you can't break some you can some you can't right in the metaverse you won't have those restraints so i think the metaverse is going to be a lot about i build my physical life as far as i can but on the digital life i can really have no restrictions and i can exercise my full creativity my 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 all my dreams into the metaverse and i can leave it in a certain extent so the fact that in the metaverse you can be green and and 3 meters high you get the idea of of that and 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 i can own spaceship and you know like the idea of there is no limitation i can actually build whatever i want and then not only experience that but share that with my friends and they can experience almost like an alter ego of myself. They can see other aspects of me that I don't have a way of showing in real life because, hey, I'm not a three-meter alien, so I can't do that. I think that the metaverse is going to be a lot about that, of expression of creativity, expression of alter ego, and and with no limitations, no restraints in, in, in any way where people can be whatever they want and and i think over time it also will help make society a little easier to to navigate as well because if you we see something nowadays is that there is a lot of these discussions about what you can or cannot do what you can or cannot be there are a lot of of places putting a lot of limitations on on inclu- inclusivity like it's not an easy time to be different around the world like you see that there are a lot of of push and pull on different in the metaverse over time it will be a place that will allow people to express themselves without the same limitations that they have in physical life and and it might help educate people to be more accepting of of different what is weird in real life might not be weird in the metaverse anymore and and if we learn something is that over time if things become familiar enough to you then it's easier for you to accept because they are familiar to you so so i think it's going to have a lot of this of the metaverse the metaverse learning from real life and then real life learning from the metaverse and and over and over because it's a natural thing it's how the internet started that's how it's a natural evolution of things so i hope i answered your question yeah i i didn't really like that answer as well because because you know the metaverse is such no one really knows what it is really and i feel like it's still a, a murky concept that needs to 
needs time for people to understand a bit more about it. Yeah, I think with that, we're reaching, well, the end, end of the podcast. So I'd like to leave a bit of time at the end just for you. If you know you want to make any shout outs or any thoughts one of our listeners. Oh, I just wanted to say thank you very much. And and I for the listeners that are super interested in the metaverse, I I leave you with with I will show you how how much of a nerd I am. That I leave you with with a a quote of films that I remember that with great powers come great responsibility and and it's pretty much that is for everybody that is creating this future remember that you're also responsible for uh for a moral like keep morals in check at all times like we we know technology is great and and it can be a hassle as well so so just do the right thing but don't don't let your cream like the only limitation is yourself be like go beyond it's gonna be fun to see where we we take this Thank you so much for coming, and it was a pleasure to have you here. Thank you very much. Have a lovely rest of the week. You too. Bye. Bye. Bye.